Good morning, everybody. How are we all doing? All right. Uh, God gave us a nice, cool morning, so we don't have sun, and uh, a little drizzly when we were setting up, but it's, uh, I think it's really nice, right? What do you think about this weather? I think it feels really good. So we're going to worship today. I'm going to teach you a new song. This is a, a song called One Thing Remains, and that's Your Love Never Fails, It Never Gives Up, It Never Gives Out on Me. That's the words. If you know the words, you've sung the song before. Sing with me, but I'm going to teach you a new song. Each week we're going to teach you something new, so uh, we're going to have some fun worshiping, right? All right, well, let's do it. Now, feel free if you want to stand up and worship with me or you want to sing it and sing loud. Just remember, you can sing loud as loud as you want, you know? You're singing to God this morning, right? Here we go. mountains that I face, stronger than the power of the grave, constant in a trial and change. You see, there's one thing that remains, just one thing that remains. Here we go. Your love never fails, never gives up, and never runs out on me. Your love never fails, never gives up, and never runs out on me. You see, your love never fails, never gives up, and never runs out on me. Your love, it goes You see, you never, ever need to be afraid. You don't need to be afraid, because one thing remains. Here it is. Your love never fails, never gives up, and never runs out on me. That's right. Your love it never fails, never gives up, and never runs out on me. Your love never fails, never gives up, never runs out on me, your love. In death, in life, I'm confident and covered by the power of your great love. My debt has been paid, and nothing can separate us. From the heart of your great love. Now you know it. Here it comes. Your love never fails, never gives up. Sing with me. Never runs out on me. Your love never fails, never gives up, and never runs out on me. It goes on and on and on and on. It goes. And it overwhelms and satisfies my you see, I'll never ever to be afraid. Cause one thing 
fails, never runs up, and never gives up on me. Your love never fails, never gives up, and never runs out on me. Your love, oh, your love, your love, your love, your love, your love. Oh, yeah, give it up now. So one thing remains, that's a new song, and we'll, we'll get back to that one. Here's another one called, Whom Shall I Fear? We should fear nobody, right? Here we go. You heard me when I called You in the morning song Through darkness fill the night you see, I can't see the light. Whom shall I fear? We shouldn't fear anybody. That's right. You crushed the enemy underneath my feet. You are my sword and shield. Do I linger still? Whom shall I fear? I know what goes before me. I know what stands behind the God of angels' armies. is always by my side. No one can reign forever. You see, he's a friend of mine. The God of angels' armies is always by my side. Go. My strength and shield, my strength in your name, for you, Lord, can save. You will deliver me. Ours is the victory. Whom shall I fear? And whom, whom shall I fear? Fear nobody. We got God, right? Oh, I know. He is a friend of mine, the God of angels' armies, always by my side. Nothing born against me, I shall stand. You hold the whole world in our hands. I'm holding. Well, I 
I know who goes before me, who stands right behind. The God of angels' armies is always by my side. The one who will reign forever, he is a friend of mine. The God of angels' armies is always by my side. Come on, everybody, now. I know who goes before me. I know who stands behind. The God of angels' armies always by my side. The one who reigns forever. He is a friend of mine. is always by my side. Isn't that the truth? I think we're going to do some announcements, right? Pastor Turk's going to come up. So good to see you on the lawn. More and more people every week here at New Heart Foursquare Church. So good to see you at home. Good to see everyone in the parking lot. Wow, we got more people in the parking lot, too. Um, hey, so just as a little FYI, we want to remind you about some of the some of the most important guidelines. We know it's so hard because we love each other so much, don't we? Don't we all love each other? Yeah. So the natural inclination is we want to touch each other, right? We want to hug each other. We want to elbow bump each other. But the problem is we can't right now. Um, so uh, my dad sent out an email uh, this week. And there's actually a verse in the Bible where Jesus says to Mary, before he ascends into heaven, touch me not, touch me not. Um, so that's what we're going to do this week. And until the public health authorities tell us otherwise, we are not going to touch each other. So, you know, if, if someone is starting to come up to you, you have two options. You can be like, hey, can you let me know when you're planning on approaching? Or you can just say, touch me not. All right? It's just a little joke, and it's funny, and we can all laugh about it, and it'll just remind us um, that we got to keep our distance. So let me ask you a question. Is it okay to elbow bump someone here at church? No, it's not okay to elbow bump someone here at church. What about bathrooms? What about bathrooms? What basis can we use the restroom? Emergency only, right. Okay, and what about those masks? Do we have to wear a mask? Yes, we have to wear a mask. Now, the other thing I wanted to mention is, if you could just help us out, we've worked really hard to set everything up, so I know it's confusing sometimes, but if you could just really do, um, really just try and um, just follow all of the signs, it would be really helpful for us. We worked days, we worked hours and days to set everything up during the pandemic for like two months. So we just really would appreciate it if you just kind of um, just if you have questions, just go ahead and ask. You know, we're, we're happy to answer them for you. But if you could enter here on the breezeway and then exit over here by the basketball courts, just so we don't have people like running into each other. Um, that's kind of how it's designed. Enter on the, the walkway, the breezeway over here, and then exit over on that side, just so we're not running into each other. Also, if you could just be really respectful of people who are in their cars. The reason being is there's a reason why they're in their cars. They, they want more distance. They want more than six to eight feet of distance, most likely because they have someone with a serious underlying health condition at home. 
Um, so we really want to be respectful of them if they're in their cars. We don't want to, you know, get too close to their car. I mean, you can, you can ask them, hey, is it okay if I get, you know, within six to eight feet? But just be respectful and kind of know that there's a reason why they're staying in their cars. Um, okay, so just to let you know, another thing, it's very difficult, this six to eight feet, because our minds, our eyes say, oh, we're six to eight feet. But then when you look at it, if you actually measure it, you're not. So Sully's going to help me. Hopefully the people at home can see this. Oh, uh, wait, 48, 60. Uh, this is six feet right here. I don't know if you can all see this. Can you all see this at home? I don't know if you can see the edges. This is actually six feet right here. It's the same as basically two arm spans, right? If you do two of those, that's six feet, right? And then eight feet. This is eight feet. You can't see it at home. And then this is 10 feet. So just so we get an idea of how far we have to stay. And the reality is, is we just want to make sure that we're able to stay open as a church. And we want everyone to stay safe. We want to spread the gospel. We don't want to spread the germs, right? We want to spread the gospel. We don't want to spread the germs. So we're just trying to educate and just inform everyone because... When it comes time to going inside, we have to be even more disciplined, unfortunately. So um, that's just the reality we have right now. We love having you here. It's such a blessing to have you, and we want to keep being able to do this. So let's make sure we keep our distance um, and do everything we can because there's a lot of people who don't want to see us meeting. They, don't, they want to see us shut down. Um, and so we're doing our very best to make sure that we don't have to shut back down again. We want to stay open for as long as possible because we want to spread the gospel and we don't want to spread the germs. So um, just FYI, uh, some of the other announcements, we've got Bible study, we've got prayer and Bible study, prayer at Tuesday at 7 o'clock, uh, Bible study at uh, 7 o'clock on Wednesday on Zoom. Um, if you can just uh, log on 10 minutes early to help out Pastor Charlie in case you need any help logging on, that would be really helpful. Um, you got Bible study this Wednesday, says Pastor Charlie. Oh, no Bible study. Are we doing prayer? Okay, so we'll have prayer when, uh, Tuesday at 7 and no Bible study uh, this week at 7 o'clock. Um, also, we've got the uh, youth, the kids and youth digital experience. The deadline to sign up is July 1st. I think we've decided um, that we're probably not going to be hosting anything at the church just in light of everything that's going on. It's a little too difficult to try and we can't even have hold services inside yet. So you'll be able to log on. Um, if you've registered, you should be getting an email um, saying how you can log on from home for the youth and kids digital experience. But we've decided we're not gonna host it here at the church. It just, it just presents too many logistical difficulties. So um, hopefully that'll be fine. But if you registered, you should be getting a box in the mail. Kids will get crafts and games and merch and youth will get merch and, oh, I'm sorry, the kids get crafts, the youth will get games and challenges and merch, and I think the kids get merch as well. Um, so be looking out for that. It should be mailed to your home residence. Now we're gonna have Margaret. Okay, so every Sunday, we're still having the children's lesson on Facebook at 12.30. Actually, it's 12.25. Margaret likes to log on early and she wants you to get everything. Um, and then Sully also logs on at 12.30 or 12.25. 12.30 on Instagram. Uh, and so the lesson this week for Margaret is she's continuing communion and Sully is walk in the light that you have. It's talking about how 
you know, we don't need to go into all the theological depth sometimes. Sometimes the thing that trips us, trips us up the most is the things that we know and we decide not to follow. We decide not to follow what we know about the word. You know, we get, what we know, we actually have to put it into action. So Sully's going to be talking about that on Instagram. And it gets uploaded to Facebook later as well. And actually, I know a lot of the adults, like, like very mature Christians who watch Sully's broadcast and are like, man, I love it. I can't miss it. It puts me so much at peace. So you can tune in too if you're an adult. So now without further ado, Margaret's going to come up and give us a five-minute children's sermon. All right. Thank you very much. Good morning, Super Kids, New Heart family and friends. Our Super Kid Academy teacher, Commander Lily, thought of a good idea to have puppets join us while the elementary school children are learning on Facebook. So this is a new friend that I brought to meet you and to learn with us. This is Ralphie. Hi, Commander Margaret. Hi, Super Kids. Let me hang that right there. Okay. Ralphie, could I help you with your mask? Sure. All right, there you go. Uh, thanks a lot. I can breathe now. Okay, so you look so handsome today. Yes, you do. And you're even wearing your mask. Yes, I've been staying home to protect myself from the COVID-19 virus. Well, Ralphie, I can tell that not only has God protected you with his angels, but he's also giving you wisdom to wear your mask. Yes, and I wear my gloves sometimes too. Good job. All right, Ralphie. Hey, Ralphie, why don't we sing a song? Yeah, let's sing. Well, a few weeks ago, we sang a song I found on YouTube. I've got peace like a river. Well, today, let's change the words to, I've got love like an ocean. One time only. Here we go. I want you to join us. It's going to be, I've got love like an ocean. I've got love like an ocean. I've got love like an ocean in my soul. All right, here we go. I've got love like an ocean. I've got love like an ocean. I've got love like an ocean in my soul. Sing it out. I've got love like an ocean. I've got love like an ocean. I've got love like an ocean in my soul. Good job, you guys. All right. I even heard clapping. I like that. Yeah, I really liked that. Good job. You were doing a good job singing. I saw you while you were sitting there. Ralphie, did you like that song? Yeah, singing that song makes me want to love everybody. But it's hard to love everybody. You're right, Ralphie. It's not easy to love everybody. That's what I'm talking about. There's a kid at my school that drives me bananas. What do I do? Ralphie, first, let me ask you, have you asked Jesus into your heart and asked him to be your Lord and Savior? Yes, I did, a few months ago at church. 
Praise God, Ralphie, because when you asked Jesus into your heart, the Holy Spirit came in and gave you power to help you love others the way God does. Really? I'm so glad. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Now, Ralphie, the Bible says in 1 John 4, 20, if someone says, I love God, and he hates his brother, or he hates his neighbors, then he's a liar. Liar! You said liar! Okay, Ralphie, yes. Let me explain using 1 John chapter 4, verse 7 and 8. Oh, I know! 1 John 4, 7 and 8! Good, I'm glad you know it. All right, Ralphie and Super Kids, did you know that God calls you beloved? Well, I like that. I like that too. Here, let me tell you what God says. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone that loveth is born of God, and knoweth God. <clears throat> he that loveth not does not love God, for God is love. Beloved, let us love one another. First John 4, 7 and 8. Everybody join me. Beloved, let us love one another. For love is of God, and everyone that loveth is born of God, and knoweth God. He that loveth not, knoweth not God, for God is love. Beloved, let us love one another, 1 John 4, 7 and 8. How about that? Good job. I heard some of you joining me. You learned it when you were in your class in school when you were younger. Hey, Ralphie. You need to tune in to Facebook.com slash NewHeartForYou, along with all the other super kids. A few weeks ago, our super kids learned to wake up in the morning and to talk to God, saying, I love you, Lord, and please fill me up with your love and the fruit of your spirit. Hey, that's a good idea. I love you, Lord. Oh, Ralphie. Well, today we will learn about communion, which is part two of asking Jesus, asking us to remember him by eating the bread, which represents his body and drinking the grape juice that represents his blood. This also reminds us, Ralphie, that the spirit of God is within us to help us love others. All right, Ralphie, good job. See you, super kids. Bye. Well, praise the Lord. Thank you, Margaret. It's hard to follow uh, a puppet, <laughs> but we will try. I hope you guys are observing all of the rules and regulations, and if you have a problem with somebody, just hold up the sign. Six feet, please. <laughs> Keep your distance. Amen. All right. Well, you ready for the Word of God today? I got something exciting for you. I'm excited about it, so I want to give it to you, but let's pray first. 
Father, we thank you that as we come together today, we're able to hear wonderful truths out of your word, things that will change our lives, cause us to be more like you. We ask you for your Holy Spirit just to impart in us wonderful things that come from your word. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. And all agreed said, amen. amen. Thank you. Well, this is our third service outside. It's nice to be outside in the land of plenty. I mean, it's, uh, it's very airy. The Bible says that uh, we are the sanctuary. We are the house of God. So wherever we are, we are the temple of the Holy Ghost. So I want to follow up on the love of the Father, which we talked about yesterday or last week uh, in uh, Father's Day, because we have to know that, that God gave his only begotten son for us. The Bible says he so loved us. And I wonder why I just didn't say God loved us, but he said he so loved us because there's no words that can describe the maximum and the ultimate love that he has for us. Now, we use that term, so, uh, in, in, in our daily life. Sometimes we say, I'm so hungry, or I'm so tired, or I'm so happy. There's no words to describe it. And that's the way the wonderful love of God is. It's so wonderful. God so loved us. Isn't that good news? So I want to address to you people that maybe don't have a father or he's not present, or maybe you had a bad father. I want to let you know that there's a father in heaven who is perfect and he wants to make himself known unto you. Even if you don't want to know him, even if you don't know that he's up there, he is up there wanting to spend time with you. I was listening to this one pastor. He was talking about how his son, his favorite hobby is to go into his room, close the door, and play on his Xbox. And he said, That's, uh, that doesn't seem like uh, a way of having a relationship. So he would go and talk to them and talk to his uh, son. And then one day he came home, and the son had the door locked. And he said, oh, no, not in my house. You're not going to lock me out of anything. So what he did is he took the door off the hinges so the, his room didn't have a door anymore so he could walk in and out whenever he pleases. That's just an idea for some of you that uh, have problems. But the Bible says that uh, our Father God is a father to the fatherless. It's his good pleasure to give us the kingdom. So we want to know that God doesn't force us to be one with him, but he invites us to call upon him when we're in trouble. He invites us to cast all of our cares and all of our worries on him. He uh, invites us to enjoy fellowship with him. Isn't that good news? He invites us. We have an opportunity. He invites us to be our protector and to be our guard. Now, I can remember when I was growing up about at the tender age of 10 years old, uh, my mom asked the kids in the neighborhood, do you guys want to go to the movies? And they said, yeah, we want to go to the movies. And she said, well, there are only two shows playing, Snow White and Frankenstein. And they said, she said, what do you guys want to see? And they all said Frankenstein. I said, ooh, I don't know about that. I'm, you know, I'm a scaredy cat anyway, so Frankenstein didn't seem like a good choice. But we went. And I want to tell you, I was so scared, so scared. How scared were you? I didn't sleep for months. Every night I wondered, is he going to pop out of the closet? Is he going to come out from the drapes? Is he going to go through the window? Is he under the bed? You know, Frankenstein, he just pops up all kinds of places. And one thing I couldn't understand, have you ever seen Frankenstein walk? I mean, he walks like, like this, you know, but, but, but I don't know how he catches people, you know. 
He's walking like this, and people come by. He, he, I mean, you could be an Olympic sprinter and run by, and he, he just grabbed you. So I said, oh, my God. So I would pray. My dad used to be a wrestler, and he could get people in, in lock holds and, and, and keep them down and, and, make, and squeeze the life out of them. I said, well, if Frankenstein ever came, my dad, my dad would protect me. My dad would be there. My only problem is, could he get to me in time before Frankenstein choked me? But I had to believe that my God, I have to believe my God is watching over me, even though my earthly father may not make it in time. So it's a hard thing to, it's a hard concept to understand about how God is our father. And he's with us because you can't touch him. You can't feel him. You can't see him. And most of the times you can't talk to him. I mean, you can talk to him, but you don't hear him until you learn how to receive his voice and receive him talking to us. The Bible says the sheep know his voice. So, but the disciples said the same thing. He says, show us the Father and it will suffice us. And Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Because what did Jesus do? He went around healing the sick. He went around casting out demons. He, he, he fed the multitudes. He talked to the poor and the destitute. In fact, they said he was a friend of publicans and sinners. He hung around with the wine bibbers, the gluttonous people. He hung around all kinds of people. He had compassion on them. That's the way the love of the Father is. No matter where you're going, what you're doing, God is there to be a heavenly Father to you. Praise God. Now, I want to share something with you, that not all people are sons of God. What are you saying, Pastor? Uh, because God created everybody, but you have to accept him, accept Jesus in your life to be baptized or to be adopted into the family of God. And it says it here, in John chapter 1, verse 12, it says, But as many as received him, talking about Jesus, to them he gave them the right, the power, or the privilege to become children of God. So you must be born from God. You must be born again is what we're going to talk about today. How can I know that I'm born again? You know, it's a funny thing that only 23% of Christians that were surveyed said that they were born-again Christians. But Jesus told Nicodemus when he came to him, when Nicodemus came to him at night, you know Nicodemus, right? We, we, we call him Nick for short. And, and he came at night, so he was Nick at night. And, and the reason why he came at night is because he didn't want anybody to see him. He, 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 he was comfortable in being secluded and isolated. He, you, know, you know these people that they don't pray aloud uh, in a restaurant. They, they don't let their friends at school know that they are Christians. They don't let their friends at work know that they're Christians. They're kind of incognito. Amen? They're, they're, they're kind of like, uh, what, do you, what do you call it? Um, they're, uh, what's the word I was trying to look for? Undercover. Yeah, they're undercover Christians. I'm a Christian, but don't tell anybody. No, the Bible says we're supposed to tell everyone. Go tell it on the mountain. So we have to know that when we're born again, things happen. So I want to tell, talk to you about what it's like to be born again. Now, in the Bible, when Jesus said born again, the, the word born is pretty much understood, born. We know born, but the again part, that's what threw everybody off. And the reason why is because there's three definitions of the word again. And we're going to go over them, and hopefully it'll be, it'll be uh, more of a clarification for you. So the first one is the typical again. 
born again. What does that mean? That means the first time wasn't good enough. <laughs> Amen. Just to be born, ah, that's not good. You have to be born again a second time, a second birth in the spirit, in the new creation, in the new uh, life of God. Uh, and the Bible says that most people don't understand it because Nicodemus says, I don't understand that. What, does it mean? what do you mean born again? Can we go into the mother's womb again? No, you have to be born of the spirit. And see, a lot of people don't understand that you're born again, that you're not from this world, but you're from another world that is coming in, on the inside of you. We had a friend, uh, Jeannie's friend, who, is, who lives in New Jersey, New York, and uh, she, <laughs> she, she listens to the Bible study every Wednesday night. And it's three hours different, so it's 10 o'clock at night for her. But she gets so excited about the Bible study, she's finding new life in it that she can't sleep at night. When she tries to go to bed, she, she's all hyped up. So she listens to our Sunday message, and she's excited. So she has lunch with people that she's known for over 20 years and told them, hey, I'm at Bible study now. I, I'm a Christian. And they just laughed at her. That's not a good response, laugh. Why? They, th they thought, well, you know, if you have to do that kind of, if you have to do that to live, go ahead. But they didn't understand there's a new life on the inside of her. She's born again. So I want to teach you about how you can know you're born again. And, and so it's, it's more than just being a Christian. It's more than just going to New Heart Foursquare Church. It's more than having a Bible. It's more than just singing Amazing Grace. You have to be able to know that I am born again. Hallelujah. That means the first time wasn't good enough. Flesh and blood cannot enter into the kingdom of God. You know, I, I go to a lot of funerals, and it's funny. Every funeral I go to, they say, he's in heaven or she's in heaven. I go, how do you know for sure? I mean, they may not have lived right. They may not have accepted the Lord. You could have a good life, but if you haven't accepted the Lord, you're not going to enter into the kingdom of heaven. Can I get an amen? amen. All right. You know, because... The, the, uh, the Pharisees, they didn't understand this born-again thing. They, they didn't understand that they had a new life, that they had to have a new life. And Jesus said, you can't understand me. You can't understand what I'm saying because you're of the father of the devil. And they said, what are you talking about? We're the father of the devil. He said, because really, there's only two kingdoms and there's two, only two families on the face of the earth. Did you know that? There's the family of God. And there's a family of Satan. And at the end of time, whoever you belong to is going to come and get you. I'll let that sit for a while. Yeah, if you serve the Lord, his angels are going to come and bring you into the joys of heaven. Glory to God. If you're not, you're in the wrong kingdom. You're in the kingdom of Satan. And his devils are going to come and get you and drag you down into the depths of hell, which we don't want to do. Amen? That's why I try so hard to tell my friends that I play with uh, basketball, my uh, non-Christian friends. I, I, I speak to them with so much heart. You guys, you have to accept the Lord. It's the only way. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And, you know, they don't always receive it. They respect me. In fact, a lot of times when they need help, guess who they call? They call me. They call me for their mother who's sick. They call me for uh, if they're hurt on the basketball court. They go, Pastor Chuck, could you pray with me? And, 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 you know, if they're on the other team, I don't pray that hard. No, I <laughs> if they're on my team, I pray harder. I said, Lord, we, we need them. Back, come into alignment in the name of Jesus. So the first thing is you have to have uh, 
a new life on the inside of you. Let me explain it to you this way. Have you ever been in school and you, you do a term paper and you hand it in and the teacher says, this, after she reads it, this doesn't have any life. This is kind of dead. This is kind of boring. Go back and put some life into it. So you got to go back and you got to put some life and you got to put some heart into it. And Jesus is saying, you need my life to be important in this, in this world. You need my life to make an influence. So Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Praise God. So you need his kind of life. He says, I came to give you life and that, what? More abundantly. He has abundant life for us. So you can be born again, not of the flesh, but of the spirit. Can I get an amen? How many of you are born again out there? Praise God. Amen. I see those hands. So the second definition, are you ready for this, is to be born anew. What does that mean, anew? That means fresh. That means new. That means what was before was not good enough. You needed something new. You ever go to the market and you see these products that says on them, new and improved? What does that mean? The old one wasn't that good. You may as well throw it out. It's not, it's not good. There has to be some more ingredients that are more powerful or more better than what was in there before. So guess what? You guys are new and improved. There, what was there before wasn't good enough, but you got the new life of God on the inside of you. Praise God, you're improved. The ingredients are improved. So how can you tell if you're born again? It's not how loud you pray, Brother Richard. It's not how many scriptures you know, although it's good to know scriptures, right, Pastor Charlie? It's not how many times you attend church that make you born again. It's good to attend church, but that's not how you prove that you're born again. In fact, going to church doesn't prove that you're born again. You can, anybody can act holy for 90 minutes. You know, you got your Bible and you're raising your hands, praise the Lord, hallelujah. But it's what you do after you leave church that makes all the difference in the world. You have to be changed from the inside. You have to be a new creature in Christ. Amen? You have to know that you don't act the same way you used to act. You don't think the same way you used to think. Uh, how do you react to when people offend you? Do you go back to your old nature? And say, I'm going to get them. I'm going to get even. I, I, I don't like the way they are. How do you react to people that don't meet your standard as being a Christian? Well, they can't be a Christian. They wouldn't do that. And you throw them away. You throw them out. No, that's not the way God is. How do you react when things don't go your way? Oh, God, I don't know what you're doing. God, I don't know where are you. Why are you taking so long? That's a lot of people's prayer. God, why is it that you're taking so long? Now, let me give you some reasons why some people change. You ready for this? There's five reasons. Ready? One, they got caught. <laughs> so they say what? I'm sorry. I won't do it again. Yeah, sometimes they don't. Sometimes they do. Some people change because they find out it's not acceptable on their job or it's not acceptable in their marriage. I had a friend, a manager that worked for Kaiser, and I said, you're such a nice person. She goes, no, I'm not. I'm not really. I'm not. They're making me be nice here. <laughs> the management says we have to treat you guys good. So I'm treating you guys good. I go, okay. Some, some husbands have to act right because uh, uh, their, their wives are telling them they're not acting right. I, I, I like the story. I forgot his name. The guy that wrote the five languages of love. His wife was getting ready to leave him, and she was walking outside the door with her suitcases. He said, where are you going? She said, I'm leaving you. 
you're leaving me. What are you talking about? He says, I've told you a thousand times. He said, wait a minute, wait a minute. He sat down on the kitchen table, got a pen and a paper. He says, tell me one more time. What, what do I need to do to change? So that's what sometimes people do. They don't want to lose their wives. They don't want to lose their jobs. Now, some people change because they find out what they're doing isn't working, so they need a change in their behavior. You know, if you don't have any friends, if nobody's calling you, so, hmm, maybe I need to change my attitude a little bit here. You can tell if you're popular or not, if nobody invites you to anything. I wonder, what, what, what's up with that? Some people change because it costs too much to keep doing it the way they're doing it, and they have to pay the penalty and the cost. I can remember when I was a salesman, and I had a, I had a Mario, uh, Mario Andretti syndrome. I mean, I thought I could just drive any way and get there as fast as I could, but the policeman didn't see it that way. And I got tired of paying the penalties and the punishment of not driving right. One time we were driving with my wife, and <laughs> I was on the phone and, and talking to Pastor Gary, as a matter of fact, and I think it was legal to talk on the phone then and drive, but we're driving, and we're going down the Harbor Freeway, and I, I almost missed my off-ramp because I was talking on the phone, and so I had to cut over and go into the next lane to get in the off-ramp, but there was a little uh, dip or, or, you know, what do they call that? Uh, it was unleveled. And so I went up in the air and then kind of slammed down on the ground. And uh, I never stopped my conversation because I didn't want my wife to, you know, tell me, what are you doing? I just kept talking to Pastor Gary. <laughs> he was my cover. <laughs> but her eyes bugged out. She goes like, you're going to kill us. You. So, so I changed because I, I didn't want to hurt her. Some people have better motives. It's that they don't want to hurt people. I didn't want to hurt my wife, so I learned how to slow down and drive. But being born anew has a different kind of a change. What is it? It's not because I got caught. It's not because it's hurting me. It's not because it's hurting you. It's because it's hurting God. You have to have a conviction that what I'm doing is not pleasing to the Lord. And my only job, only... Uh, thing to do is to please my Father in heaven. Can I get an amen? amen. I, I mean, why do, we, why do we obey the commandments? Because we have a Father in heaven that is grieved if we don't talk right to people. He's grieved if we don't uh, communicate to each other, if we don't love one another. The Bible says if you don't love them, it's like murder, murdering them, killing them. That's the way it feels to the Lord. So we have to realize that God is good to us, and so we have to Change our insides. Be born anew. God doesn't look on the outside. What does he look at? The inside. God is looking on our inside. So we have to be born again, a second time born of the Spirit. We have to be born anew. Our insides have to change. And the second or the third thing is you have to be born from above. What does that mean? That means something from heaven has to come down and take control of our spirit to change us on the inside, to commingle with us. The Bible says that we cry out, Abba, Father, Daddy, God. He comes and reaches down. So we know that we can't live this life by ourselves. We need something that's higher than us, something that's greater than us, something that's stronger than us. You know, when I was living in this world, 
the Bible says uh, that we're supposed to please the Lord. And I couldn't do it. I couldn't live for God. And I finally gave up and said, Lord, I can't do this. Just let me go. I mean, I'm just going to do what I want to do, and whatever happens, happens. But after a number of years, I found out that that didn't work out too good. I got more in trouble than I did trying to do good. So I said, Lord, if you can help me, if you can change me, if you can do something different in my life, then come and, you know, catch me and, and grab me. And when he did, I felt the presence of the God. I knew that he knew me and I knew him. I belonged to him. He was my father. He was my God. And it changed my life forever. And I never turned back. I never looked back. I kept serving him all the days of my life. So we need the hand of God to guide us every day. We need the hand of God right now to take care of situations that we're facing. We need you in this moment. We're nothing without him, but with God, we are everything. So we want to be born again. We want to come to know that we're born again Christians, which means that we're naturally born in the spirit. We're born anew and we're born from above. Amen. So my, my goal today is that you'll leave here knowing I'm born again. I have a new life on the inside of me. I'm not the old man anymore. I, I don't do the things that I used to do because I got a new thing working on the inside of me. Amen? You say, Pastor Chuck, what you so excited about? I got the new thing working on the inside of me. Some people say, why do you, why do you preach? Why do you do this? Why do you get all these tarps and, and, and music and everything? Because I want to impress people, excite them, encourage them to serve the Lord, to do those things that are pleasing in His sight. It's on me to do that, to, to, to relate to you how good and how great God is and how we can make a difference in your life. You, can, you don't even have to come uh, here to, ex to experience God. You can do it in your house. You, you can go throughout the, the hallways and in your bedroom just praising God and worshiping him, and he'll come and he'll dance with you. He'll, he'll minister to you. He'll tell you things to come. He'll do all the great things that you want him to do. Amen? You guys look real excited. <laughs> I'm doing all the excitement here. I'm doing all the jumping up and down. Praise the Lord. Thank you very much. I had a pastor friend of mine. I, I listened to his sermons, and when he talks, he's very emphatic. You know, he says, he's talking about the Pentecost, and he said, the Pentecost is when the Holy Spirit came to dwell amongst people. I said, I love it when you talk like that. But when I say it, it's like this. The Holy Spirit came, and he came to dwell with us. Hallelujah. You know, there's a, a life that you have to have <laughs> when you have the Lord. Amen? You know, if you're dating somebody, and, and you come to their house, or, or you come to pick them up, you, you're, you're supposed to be excited, right? I, I'm here to pick you up. I'm here to, to go out with you. I'm excited to be with you. You don't come, well, here we go again. Just another date. Where do you want to go? Doesn't really matter. <laughs> no. <laughs> Girls, you don't want a guy like that, do you? Boring. I think my wife told me she was dating this one guy that was so boring they went on dates it felt like they weren't even on a date. <laughs> so I want you guys to date the Lord. Amen? Be excited. So let me pray with you. Father, I just thank you. In the name of Jesus, for your spirit just to come upon your people, to let them know that they're born again. They're born from above. They're born anew. They're born in the spirit. And that, Father God, that your life and your spirit is on the inside of them, allowing them to experience all that you are 
in heaven and in earth. And we give you the praise and the glory and the honor for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, I just want to lead you in a prayer if you're here and you haven't accepted the Lord. You don't know if you're born again or not. I want to lead you in that prayer. And those are of you that are watching on Facebook, if that's your story too, you say, well, I don't really know if I'm born again. I don't really know if I've accepted Jesus. I don't know how to do it. Well, let's go through it in prayer and you all can join in with me, okay? Repeat after me. Say, Father God, I thank you for your son, Jesus. He died on the cross, paid the price for my sins. I ask you to forgive me of all of my sins, to come into my heart, to be Lord of my life, and guide me all the days of my life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, on our website there's a phone number that you can call. Let us know that you did accept the Lord. We want to contact you and talk to you and encourage you to continue in the fellowship with the Lord. Amen? Amen. God bless you. Brother Ron's behind me, ready to go. Now what I took from the sermon is that in this next song that we're going to close today's service at is if you are born anew, that you get this amazing grace given to you. You know, and think about that for a second. You get grace that we all want given to you. And it's free, folks. It's absolutely free. So let's sing this final song called This Is Amazing Grace. So if you love the Lord, stand up and sing with me now. Who breaks the power of darkness? Who is the mighty and much stronger? The King of glory. The King above all kings. Here we go now. Who shakes the whole earth in only thunder? Who leaves us breathless in awe and wonder? The King of glory. The King above all kings. This is amazing grace. This is unfailing love that would take my place all lay down the cross lay down your life and be set free oh now oh Jesus sing that's what you do for me. Come on now, clap with me now. Everybody, come on. Who brings chaos back into order? Who makes an orphan a son or daughter? The king of glory, the king above all kings. In truth and justice, who shines the sun, all of his brilliance, the king of glory, 
the King above all kings. Here we go now. Sing with me. This is amazing grace. This is unfailing love. And you would take my place. You would lay down the cross. There is cross now. Jesus, I sing, that's what you've done for all of us, for me. Worthy is the Lamb that was slain. Worthy is the King of all glory that conquered the grave. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain. Worthy is the King who conquered the grave. Here we go now. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain. Worthy is the King who conquered the grave. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain. Worthy is the King of amazing grace. It is unfailing love that you would take. cross you will lay down your life and would be set free that's it oh Jesus I sing that's what you have done for me that's what you've done for me that's what you've done for me Love, amazing grace.